Hi everyone, it's Bill Black, the Exit Coach from the Exit Coach Radio Show. You know, one of the biggest questions I get on the show is what exactly goes into a business exit plan and when should I start creating mine? Well, I always tell people that the best time to start was five years ago, but the next best time is now because you never know when you might need it. So we put together a free report that describes what an exit plan is and what you should know. You can get it free by texting exit plan with no spaces to 44222. That's exit plan to 44222. Again, text exit plan to 44222. Welcome to the Exit Coach Radio Show, the show for baby boomer business owners who are looking for cutting-edge information as they plan their 3- to 10-year business succession and exit. Every week, we interview top professional advisors for their best tips, strategies, and precautions so you can be well-planned. And now, here's your host, the Exit Coach, Bill Black. All right, thank you so much for listening. It's always a pleasure to have you here. Uh, my next guest is the CFO Project Cashflow King. Uh, Jeff Prager is uh, the co-founder of the CFO Project, and his company has one purpose: to help make to help you make more money. Uh, they created a system where they go through your numbers on a monthly basis and show you what to look at, when to look at it how to interpret it, and what to do about it. And best of all, you don't need to understand accounting or finance. I've looked at it. It's really thorough and an amazing uh, process. Uh, Jeff's breadth of experience is remarkable, extremely valuable to entrepreneurs. He's been a CPA for over 40 years, so he understands all the confusing number stuff. But he's also an author, speaker, and lifelong entrepreneur, not just some paper pusher. He's uh, one of the founders of Ashworth Golf Clothing. Uh, he's the CFO partner of a large land development company and the owner of Strauss Homes, which was once rated the second largest privately owned home builder in Colorado and in the top 100 privately owned companies of Colorado in 2003. And Jeff has helped dozens of businesses become stronger over many, many years of entrepreneurship and business development. I'll let him tell you the rest. Jeff, thanks so much for coming on. Welcome. Thank you very much for having me. My pleasure. I, I hope I uh, I didn't miss anything in your uh, your intro, but I'm sure I did. Tell us a little bit more about you and and your background, Jeff. Um, like you said, I I've been a I'm technically a retired CPA right now. That means you're too old to learn new tricks. But um, <laughs> um, what what was remarkable really is my degrees in economics. I've actually taught economics at the University of Colorado. Uh, a very specialized branch of it called managerial economics, blending economic theory and business theory. But more importantly than that, that's all not worth anything. Um, What you learn, the skills I had as a CPA did not help me in running my own businesses. And that was uh, one of the key things that I took uh, um, I think you mentioned I helped. I was one of the founders of Ashworth Golf Clothing. I built the second largest privately owned home builder here in Colorado. Um, but it all comes down to a very simple formula. You got to have cash coming in faster than it's going out. That's the essence of what you need to know to be a business owner. There you go. Um, I guess I guess we're done. That's that. No, I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> now, uh, you know. I, I look, and I'm sure you do, I look at a lot of profit and loss statements, and I scratch my head sometimes at how a company can have such a large number at the top and such a small number at the bottom, and 
and such a, a small amount of of quick assets on their balance sheet. Um, what are some of the reasons that a lot of businesses aren't profitable? Well, first of all, financial statements aren't geared for us as owners of our businesses. Let, let's start. The first thing they teach you is top-line growth. Go for sales. Well, there's a problem with that is if you're not pricing correctly, you could actually bankrupt yourself. And if if you don't have the right receivable terms and payable terms, and that's the first thing. So then you get a little smarter and you start going for profit and realize that profit is the major indicator of how well you're going to be. But financial statement profit doesn't deal with four major areas that are pertinent to you as a business owner. The first is your buildup of assets. You're investing in your receivables, fixed assets like property, plant, equipment, um, maybe even intangible assets like goodwill and stuff. That doesn't show up on your income statements. And the second thing it doesn't show is your debt repayment. So yes, interest is on your P&L, your profit and loss, but not debt payment. And so mm-hmm. you may be thinking that you're making, you're, you, you know, you're making money, but you're not seeing the whole story. The third thing, owner withdrawals. Those don't show up on your profit and loss. Your salary does, but not your withdrawals. And then the fourth thing, and this is where I really take issue with accounting, is taxes are a cost of doing business. I've lectured to 500 people and go, how many of you would like to pay no taxes? And all the hands go up. Here's the reality, okay? My goal is to pay a million dollars in taxes. What does that mean? It means I made a lot of money. Right. You want to minimize – what was that, Bill? I said I'm with you, yeah. I I was just chuckling there that you're right. It means you made a lot of money. And – Taxes are a cost of doing business. And a lot of corporate formation, S-Corp, partnerships, and sole proprietorships, taxes don't even show up on your financial statements, your business financial statements. But you need to consider that because profit is not cash. And it's cash. The cash you have today and knowing that you're going to have more cash tomorrow than expenses is where you need to keep your business going. And so you have to think about cash flow as your primary indicator. Excellent. Excellent. Uh, great statement. Uh, I think uh, eye-opening for a lot of people. And one of the things you, you mentioned in your notes is that there's a catch-22. Uh, do you want to bring that up or should I? Um, I could go through it. So the catch-22 is – Without cash or money, you can't grow the business. But the flip side of that coin is without growth, you can't get more profit and cash. And that's why it's so extremely important to monitor your cash flow. In fact, as, you, as most of you know, most businesses never get to their fifth birthday. They just don't. I think the SBA has it at 50% chance. Forbes magazine says you have a 4% chance of making it to your 10th uh, birthday. And the key is 
once you're established, you know you have a viable product and everything like that. The reason you will go broke is you're selling more product than your cash can keep up with. And, and that's, I mean, you talk to a lot of business owners. If I had more cash, I would have made it. Well, that's yes. because they're growing faster than their cash allows them. So that's the catch-22, is you can't grow without money, but you can't make money without growth. And that's a balancing act. It's very, very uh, interesting. Uh, and we've heard that term, grow broke, right, over and over again, where people, uh, like you said, go after more and more sales, more effort, um, and then they don't have the ability to support that. Uh, you know, one of the things business owners think they're going to have with a business, and I hear this a lot, especially for business owners that are contemplating a new a new phase of life, like a an exit, where they say, "Hey, I just want to be the part time chairman of the board," but they they find that it's tough. They don't find that they have more freedom. Why don't business owners have more freedom? Because they haven't built their business for the long term which is do you have the systems and management in place so that you could actually relinquish that control? So we see this all the time with people who want to stay. They don't want to sell their business, but they've worked it for all these years. What they didn't do is figure out the system to replace themselves. And so they can't break away the way they thought they were going to. Okay. So they're they're constantly having to find themselves working harder, and by not having the systems and processes, they they just can't scale, right? They don't have people doing what they need to do. Uh, what about the the situation where owners say, "Well, I want to turn it over to my key employees someday, um, but I don't want them to know too much yet." That gets really tricky. I, I mean, I don't have a great solution for that because it always depends on facts and circumstances. But the key is, uh, and I've seen it, where you, you structure a deal and the people, the employees don't understand finance as well as you do and don't understand that what they're paying for the business will actually break the business. That's one of the pitfalls. But the other part is you've got to teach them it's just like when I became a business owner, my CPA background wasn't helping me. And so I had to go out there and find mentors to help me. If you don't mentor them correctly, then you're just setting up your employees to fail. And, and you know, that, that more deals more with your expertise build than mine, but um, th that's a tricky question. There's no pat answer for that one. Okay, so we've talked a little bit about why uh, businesses aren't profitable and why business owners uh, don't have more freedom. What are some of the five steps to break this cycle? Well, well whether we do it for you or, or you do it for yourself, the first thing is to step back and look at where you've been and do a complete and honest business assessment of where you are. And then once you know where you are, and, and I mean that, know intimately 
where you are. What are your strengths, your weaknesses, your opportunities, your threats? Where's your business going? What's your five-year plan? Then start setting up profit and cash flow targets that you can monitor monthly to make sure you're progressing in the right direction. So number two is profit and cash flow targets. The third one is to set up a scoreboard. And the scoreboard, I mean, everybody thinks about accounting and numbers. Stop it. It's like, get it so it flashes red, green, and yellow. Red, you got a problem, you got to deal with it, you got to deal with it in the next 30 days. Yellow, you have a potential problem. Green is you're doing something right. How do you maximize that? And how do you put this all in place so that you can take action? Now, once you have your scoreboard, you know, and, and we go through seven key metrics. And if you want, Bill, ask me what those are. But we go through seven metrics that run just about every business on earth. And once you have those, then when you have that red, green, and yellow flashing, you know you're doing what you thought you would or you're not. Then you develop your 30-day action plan. What do I have to pay attention to right now and correct before it becomes so detrimental to our business that we can't survive? So the fourth is the action plan. And then the fifth, and this is where a lot of people go wrong, is how does that fit into the long-term goals? So you're actually thinking in terms of three time frames all the time. The furthest out is the long term. Where do I want this business to be when I'm done? What does it look like? And how does that fit into my personal and business goals? The second is the short term, which is usually one year, depending on your, your liquidity and your financial stability. But let's say it's one year. How are you making decisions based on the one year, and how does that fit into the five years? And then the action plan, how does the 30 days fit into the short-term and the long-term plan? Because a lot of business owners make decisions based on their checkbook. But you should be making decisions based on where do you want to end up and work your way back. I'm not saying Mm -hmm. it's it's Mm -hmm. not important, but if you make your decisions based on where you want to end up, your decision-making becomes far simpler, far simpler. That makes a ton of sense. So, we talk about that all the time. Jeff, uh, my, my listeners would uh, not think very highly of me if I didn't go back and ask you about those seven key metrics for the scoreboard. Could you share those with us? We have time for that. Yeah, I would love to. Um, and where I am is we're trying to help as many businesses as we can. So we give our information out fairly freely. Um, the first number is your number of leads that we we think about the whole business funnel. And that's what I had to stop doing as an accountant is thinking about this in my silo. First number is number of leads. Are you getting quality leads or is your marketing effective? The second number is your sales conversion rate. If you're getting them in, who's closing them? Do you have a system to close them and turn them into customers? The third is customer retention. In other words, did you keep your promise? And are you having the right follow-up? And are the customers happy? The fourth one kind of relates to the third one, which is 
do you have a customer journey so that you could increase the number of transactions per customer over the lifetime value of that customer? So there's where you're getting into long-term planning again. Are you just one and done? Or do you have a whole journey you could take them on so that one sale leads seamlessly into the next? Now, the fifth number is pricing. Are you pricing correctly? Now, everybody thinks in terms of break even the competition. I want you to think in terms of value. Like, for instance, a purse that you buy at Target, you may pay 40 bucks for. That same comparable purse, Gucci, is $1,895. I looked this up recently. Okay? Why would you uh-huh. do that? Why would anybody pay? Because there are intangible things that go into pricing. And that usually is the weakest part in your whole seven numbers, by the way. The, the, now, those five numbers make up revenue. Now, finally, we get into it. How much does it cost you to produce your product or service, your variable cost, and your fixed cost? What are those? What, and fixed isn't the same amount every month. It's the obligations that you can't get out of every month, like utilities. That bill could go up and down, but you know you have to pay it every month. Now, all of that leads to profit. And again, then you've got to deal with the four things that are cash leaks. But that's mm-hmm. where we start building the business. And that drives our action plan, our long-term plan, and our scoreboard. Excellent. Thank you so much for sharing that. That is, uh, that's uh, incredibly well thought out, sequential, easy to understand for our listeners, and I really appreciate it. Now, I mentioned that um, I've gone through and I looked at your, your uh, deliverable product, and it's fascinating uh, how it is uh, in, in many ways color-coded. Like you said, red, green, yellow, you can see it on a dashboard how you're doing in certain areas. Uh, what types of businesses can best benefit from using um, this system and, and the CFO project? We try to limit it to small to medium-sized businesses because the system starts breaking apart when there's too many people involved in management, like you've got to do everything by committee. But we, we like, you know, I mean – if you were to use a number 1 million to 5 million, but in the service industry, it could be as low as $500,000. We'd like you to have a dream to be successful. And, and believe it or not, it's the psychographic that we're more concerned about. If you want to grow your business and you want to have a profitable business and you want to work less and have more freedom, that's our ideal client. And that's who we're looking for. So, um, that, that's kind of it. We do an awful lot in the construction industry, the service industry, lawyers, architects, accountants. Um, yeah, accountants, believe it or not. Um, um, we just haven't found a case where it doesn't work. Now, when uh-huh. we work with nonprofits, the names of the seven numbers change a little, but it's the same seven numbers. And i got to be honest with you, Bill. When I used to be an auditor with Two Frost, I dealt with billion-dollar companies, and believe it or not, the same process works. It's just the difference between a small company and a big company is 
how much money they have to spend on the problem. Jeff, I have a question for you. you were a, you've been a CPA for over 40 years. Um, do, uh, do a lot of people, they're going to get this type of advice from their CPA, and are they not getting it, and if so, why? Um, I'm going to throw a broad stroke on this because there are exceptions, but CPAs are designed to save you taxes. They're also designed to maybe even clean up your books, but they're not taking you into the future. And that's the big problem with CPAs is most of them are so busy doing compliance work, helping you minimize your taxes, that they're not able to find the time nor have the skill set to help you make money. So you hire those people to save you taxes and keep your historical books, the rearview mirror, clean. What we do as a CFO is we take you into the future. And that's probably our biggest point of differentiation is, is of all the people in the accounting profession, the CFOs are the only ones going into the future, not your controllers, not your accountants, not your bookkeepers, and usually not your CPAs. There are exceptions to everything I'm saying, but we only work on your future. I appreciate that. That makes a lot of sense. I think our listeners can relate to that. And of course, in the size and uh, types of companies you talked about, uh, generally, uh, those types of companies and sizes don't have a full-time CFO on board. It's, it's not something that they budget for. And so it's very helpful to have this resource available. So listeners, listen, uh, the, uh, the website is vcfoproject.com. And you can do what's called a right fit call, uh, which is a, a way to figure out if it's a good idea for you and if you're a good client for, for them. And we'll put that website up on our show notes, but I'll give it to you now also. The CFOproject.com forward slash right fit dash Jeff. And they're also finishing up a new book called Make More Money. And the business owner's five-step book plan, excuse me, let me start that over again. A new book called Make More Money, the business owner's five-step plan for bringing home more cash. Jeff, I'd love to have you on again uh, at some point in the near future just to continue our conversation about these great ideas that you've brought to the table and how it works so business owners can be stronger, make more money, have more freedom. I think everybody who listens to this show uh, would love to do more of all of those items. So thank you once again for coming on board, and uh, I really enjoyed our interview. Thank you. It's been a pleasure being on the show. Thank you for listening to Exit Coach Radio. 